you say, the two of us that you see before you, life, we've come from far off countries. One of us is South African Brit-ish, um, well, South African-ish, Brit-ish, and the other Pole-ish, or even Polish. Uh, the world in which we were born is falling apart and being still relatively young, um, we are concerned. The old people hope they will die their own death before the havoc we have caused our planet endangers them. The wild weather, the plagues, the collapse of mental health assisted by screen life. But the, the young, uh, you know, the Gen Xs, the Gen Ys, the Gen Zs, as they are called, of which we fall into that category, they have no such hope. Some of us may refuse to kill or harm others, but none can refuse to be killed. And at the moment we are being killed by life. Can we hope to set our species right within our lifetimes? Life answers, what makes you think that our species is going to perish? You say, the instruments of destruction have become unbelievably potent life. Also, our very productivity has become destructive of nature and of our cultural and social values. Life answers, you are talking of the present time, but it has been so everywhere and always. You say, <laughs> maybe this hasn't reached the ashram, but the scale of the impending catastrophe is fucking huge. We live in the midst of an explosion. Life answers. Each of us and all of us ultimately suffer alone and die alone. Numbers are irrelevant. There is as much death when a million die as when one of us perishes. And not just one of us, when a, a single ant perishes, a mosquito. You say, nature kills by the millions, but this does not frighten me. There may be tragedy or mystery in it, but no cruelty. What horrifies me is man-made suffering, destruction and desolation. Nature is magnificent in its doings and undoings, but there is meanness and madness in the acts of the human animal, as you like to call us. Life answers, I see. So it is not suffering and death that are your problem, but the meanness and madness at their root. Is not meanness also a form of madness? And is not madness the misuse of the mind? Humanity's problem lies in this misuse of the mind only. Humanity's problem lies in our misuse of our minds. All the treasures of nature and spirit are open to a human animal who chooses to use their mind appropriately. You say, what is the appropriate use of a mind? Life answers, fear and greed create an inappropriate use of the mind, a misuse of the mind. Fear and greed always will take you there. The right use of the mind, the appropriate use of the mind, is in the service of love, of life, of truth, of beauty. I mean, uh, <laughs>
obviously. <laughs> you say, well, easier said than done. Love of truth, of other human animals, goodwill. What a luxury, though, that is. I mean, we need plenty of it to set the world right, but who will provide this fearful and desiring as we all fundamentally are? You know, who's going to provide that? I don't see. I don't see us providing that. Life answers, well, you can spend an eternity looking elsewhere for truth and love and intelligence and goodwill and, and imploring life and your fellow human animals, all in vain. We really need to begin with ourselves, with ourselves. This is the inexorable law. We cannot change the image without changing the face. First, let us realize that this world is only a reflection of ourselves. And, and maybe just stop finding fault with that reflection, finding fault with other people, finding fault with, well, finding fault with everything as we do. Attend to yourselves. Set your various selves right, mentally, emotionally. The physical will follow. We talk so much of reforms, economic, social, political. Let us, let us for a moment, uh, leave these reforms and think more about the reformer. Hmm. Is the reformer eating other animals? Is the reformer treating the people in their lives in a shitty way? What kind of world can a human animal create who is stupid, greedy, heartless? There are lots of reformers who may fall into that category. You say, if we have to wait for a change of heart, we shall have to wait indefinitely. Yours is a council of perfection, which is also a council of despair. When all are perfect, the world will be perfect. So what? That's a kind of useless truism, isn't it? Life answers, I did not say it. I only said, you cannot change the world before changing yourself. I did not say, before changing everybody. It is neither necessary nor possible to change others. But if you can change yourself, if you can see yourself in a different way, you will find that no other change is needed. To change the picture, you merely change the film. You do not attack the cinema screen. You say, how can you be so sure of this? How do you know what you say is true? Life answers, it is not of myself, of life, that I am sure. I am sure of you. <laughs> All you need to do is to stop searching outside for what can only be found within. Set your vision right before you operate. You are suffering, we are all suffering in some way, from acute misapprehension. Clarify your mind, purify your heart, sanctify however you understand that, maybe not in a religious sense, but sanctify your life. This is the quickest way to change our world. You say, so many saints and mystics lived and died and they did not change my world and I'm not sure they changed the world in any way. Life answers, how could they? Your world is not theirs, nor is their world yours. You say, but, but surely there is a factual world common to all. Life answers, the world of things, 
of energy and matter, even if there were such a common world of things and forces, it is not the world in which we actually live. Ours, you know, come on, ours is a world of feelings and ideas, of attractions and repulsions, of scales, of values, of motives and incentives. A mental world through and through. Biologically, we need very little, really. Our problems are of a different order. Problems created by desires and fears and, 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 and wrong ideas, which can only be solved on the level of the mind. We must conquer, conquer. Not just have a nice little relationship with, although that's good too. We must conquer our own minds, and for this we must go beyond them. You say, what does it mean to go beyond the mind? Life answers, well, you have gone beyond your body, haven't you? I mean, you don't closely follow your digestion, your circulation or elimination, although some people, of course, do. These have become, for most of us, pretty automatic. Just happens, you know? In the same way, the mind should work automatically. That would be the... Uh, that would be the the uh, the sense of it without calling for attention even though of course it calls for attention every two seconds but this will not happen unless the mind works faultlessly we are most of our time mind and body conscious because they constantly call for help pain and suffering are the body and the mind screaming for attention to go beyond the body we we strive to be healthy. To go beyond the, the mind, we strive to have our relationships with our minds in good working order, to have a healthy relationship with our minds, a wise relationship with our minds. We cannot leave a mess behind and still go beyond uh, the mind. The mess will mess us up, the mess of the mind. Pick up your rubbish. <laughs> Pick up your litter is, is the universal law, uh, well, in some countries. And it's a just law, too. And maybe that should be applied with regard to the mind. You say, am I permitted to ask you, how did you go beyond the mind? Life answers, by the grace of wise teachings. You say, what shape did this grace take? Life answers, they told me what is true. You say, what did they tell you? Life answers, they told me I am the supreme reality. You say, and then what did you do? Life answers, I trusted these words. I tested them experientially and, and remembered, remembered my experience. Remembered the experience of that form of testing. You say, is that all? Life answers, yes, I remembered. I remembered what I had learned. And I re-remembered it and re-remembered it. You say, what do you mean to say, you say, and this was enough? Life answers, well, I don't know, what more needs to be done? It's, you know, it's quite a lot to remember. Uh, my advice to you is even less difficult than this. Just remember yourself. I am, not I am, but I am. I am is enough to heal your mind and take you beyond. Just have some trust. I'm really not trying to mislead you. Why should I? Do I want anything from you? No. I wish you well. Such is my nature. Why should I mislead you? 
Common sense too will tell you that to fulfill a desire, you must keep your mind on it. If you want to know your true nature, you must have yourself, you must have your true nature, the, the being, the consciousness, the awareness in the now, in your mind all the time until the secret of your being stands revealed. You say, why would this self-remembrance, for want of a better word, bring one to self-realization? Life answers, because these two things, self-remember and self-realization, are but two aspects of the same state. Self-remembrance is in the mind. Self-realization is beyond the mind. The image in the mirror is of the face beyond the mirror. You say, okay, fair enough, but what is the purpose of all of this? Life answers, to help others, to help the world, we must be beyond the need of help. You say, all I want is to be happy. Life answers, well then be happy. Be happy to make happy. You say, well, why can't we just then let others take care of themselves and I can just focus on being happy? Life answers, my friend, you are not really separate. The happiness you cannot share is spurious. Only shareable happiness is really, truly desirable. You say, okay, but I mean, do I need a teacher for that? Uh, what you tell me is, is kind of simple, but, but pretty convincing, and I shall remember it. But this does not make you my teacher. You, life, just a sort of random, I don't know, voiced podcast floating in, a, in the hundreds and thousands of voiced podcasts out there. Life answers, it is not the worship of a person or a podcast that is crucial, but the steadiness and depth of your devotion to the task. Life itself is the supreme. Life itself is the supreme. That's it. Life is it. Choose life, etc. <laughs> life itself is the supreme. Sorry, I read that long, wrongly. Life itself is the supreme teacher. Be attentive to its lessons and be obedient to its commands. When you personalize the source, you have an outer teacher or a guru. But when you take them from life directly, the guru is within. Remember, wander, ponder, live with stuff. Love the stuff, grow into the stuff, grow with it, make it your own. The words of any teacher, outer or inner, put in all and you will get all. You say, I'm a writer and psychotherapist by profession. Can you give me some advice for me specifically? Life answers, well, Writing's a talent and a skill. Grow in talent, develop the skill. Desire what is worth desiring, desire it well. Just like you pick your way in a crowd passing between people, so you find your way between events, between projects, without missing your general direction. It is easy if you remain earnest. The importance of being earnest. You say, so many times you mention the need of being earnest. But we are not animals of single will. We are an assemblage, an accumulation of desires and needs, instincts and promptings. Yes, fears too. Every 
bloody second of the day. These crawl over each other, are constantly entangled with each other, sometimes one, sometimes another, dominating but never for long. Life answers, yes, needs and desires. You say, to eat, to drink, to shelter one's body, to live. Life answers, the desire to live is the one fundamental desire. All else depends on it, don't forget it. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe all the way out. Breathe that breath right to the end, right to the end of the breath as if you were dead, as if this was your last breath. And watch your body fight, fight to breathe in again. And then breathe in and know that the desire to live is the one fundamental desire. All else depends on it. You say, we live because we must. I mean, breathing, etc., fine, but we live because we must. Life answers, we live because we crave sensory existence. Breathe in, breathe out. Take your out breath all the way to the end. Empty your lungs all the way. There we go. Now see where the craving lies. Sensory existence, oxygen, yes, life. You say, a thing so universal, sensory existence, right? I mean, this can't be wrong. Life answers, not wrong, of course not. In its own place and time, nothing is wrong. But when you are concerned with truth, with reality, uh, you must question everything. You must question your very life. By asserting the necessity of sensory and intellectual experience, we narrow down our inquiry to search for comfort. And life is not always about comfort. You say, I seek happiness, not comfort. Life answers, beyond comfort of mind and body, what happiness do you know? Beyond the comfort of the mind and beyond the comfort of your body, where's your happiness? You say, well, that's it. I mean, is there any other comfort of mind, comfort of body? Life answers, find out, find out for yourself. Uh, question every urge, hold no desire legitimate, empty of possession, physical and mental, free of all self-concern. Be open, that's it. Just, just be open for discovery. You say, it is a part of the, the Indian spiritual tradition from which you are speaking, that mere living in the proximity of a saint or a sage uh, or listening to saintly or sage, sagely podcasts, as there are many about now, is conducive to liberation and no other means are needed. So, you know, why don't you organize a sort of digital ashram that people could live near you and maybe teach online, that sort of thing? Life answers. The moment I create an institution, I become its prisoner. As a matter of fact, I'm already available to all. A roof, digital or analog, and free food will not make people more welcome. Living near does not mean breathing the same air. It means trusting and obeying, not letting the good intentions of, of any wisdom go to waste. Have your wise ones, your teachers, always in your heart, and remember their instructions. This is real abidance with the true. Physical proximity is least important. Make your entire life an expression of your faith and love for wisdom.
the wisdom encapsulated in your teachers, the wisdom encapsulated in a podcast, the wisdom encapsulated wherever wisdom is. This is the real dwelling with the truth.